Thanks to David Ray for joining me in the last hour, talking to us about the uh, seat in District 40, which he is running to uh, try to uh, fill come in uh, 2021. And uh, I don't get involved in primaries very often. I've gotten involved in Dan Sullivan's primary up in Jonesboro because I think it's just, just really, really important that we get sullivan into the state senate and then uh you know i i've thrown my 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 full volume throat behind david ray i've known david for about 10 years knew him from uh, americans for prosperity he's a very articulate a very intelligent a very thoughtful individual and he is a conservative that we can trust and I'd love to see him into the house, so um, I'm going to put my uh, my hat in the ring for him. In the studio right now is uh, the congressman. I'm uh, Congressman Hill is here. I'm really surprised because Stephen Smith so said that you probably wouldn't be able to make it. I just found out that you made it because you were able to get out of the the duck blind in time to to join me here and i appreciate that thanks so much you bet well happy thanksgiving yeah, wonderful same to see to you. you great to be with you this it's great week. it's great it's uh this is my one of my favorite uh holidays it was one of my father's favorite along with christmas his father walked out of his fa- on his family when he was three mm. and he always said uh that he would always have a thanksgiving that was memorable and the, the most joyful Christmas that he could afford. And uh, he lived up to that. And all of his boys do it to this day with their families, me and my uh, my two brothers. So it's one of my favorite. Although this year, I usually do the cooking, yeah. Congressman. I usually whip everything up. I don't do the dishes. That's the other That's side. That's a fair trade. Right? That's a Very pretty good trade, trade, I think. But the bottom line, you know, I've, I've had this run-in where I was in the hospital and all kinds of things that's going on. So I went to Kroger. So we're, I'm not even having turkey tomorrow. I'm having prime rib that I bought from uh, Kroger. They're, pre- they're preparing everything. So. That sounds pretty good. It, sh- it should be pretty good. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's good to be with you. I love Thanksgiving, too. My mother, uh, God rest her soul, loved Thanksgiving. She said if it wasn't cold enough for a fire on Thanksgiving that she would crank down the air conditioning <laughs> so she could have a fire. She loved fall. She loved our family and you know, multi-generations being together, and then inviting people who didn't have a, a home, didn't have a Thanksgiving plan. Was right. one of her, I, we learned that, and we've done that this year. We're going to neighbors. But I found out a very good friend uh, is without any family this week, mm-hmm. so we've added them a seat at the table. And that's that's what Thanksgiving's all yeah, about, sure. is sharing, giving thanks and sharing our bounty of affection for each other and also the the bounties that we have in this country well i have my family and uh this year couldn't get a couple of the the guys from the air force base over yeah so i've got uh robert steinbach you know yeah, robert sure. he's going to be join, he's going to be joining us uh tomorrow he did last year had he had just a great time 
So I said, well, come on, man. Well, Robert's great entertainment, and he can recite various Solicitor General presentations to the Supreme <laughs> Court for you. So <laughs> He can. He It'll can do be great. all of that. All right. So for my listeners, yep. please bring some sanity over the airwaves about what's going on with this whole thing with impeachment. Because I hear, you know, uh, Shifty Shift gets up there in front of the cameras, and he says, overwhelming evidence nobody could ever think that this president isn't guilty and goes on and on and on and yet i sit here day after day after day last week uh while they were having these public hearings and i played soundbite after soundbite after soundbite of these people saying no i didn't hear him uh you know try to you know, buy off anybody, and we didn't hear him ask for any quid pro quo. We didn't ask her and hear any of that. And yet, the other side says, "See, he's guilty." And I see, go see, he's innocent. That's where we are. That's why it's so confused, and I think that's why so many Americans have sort of lost interest. And the polls have shown that. Which is, is this another piece of uh, uh, effort by Democrats in the House, particularly to cry wolf? like they've done for three years through the Mueller process, through the Russia situation, through uh, Bob Mueller's reporting, $25 sure. million, 500 agents, interviews on, on the record, using the power of grand juries, and yet they have uh, nothing to show for it. They turn to this, and then they've just had this succession over the past almost 60 days now of ironclad proof that Donald Trump has done this and nothing. that both – all illegal, down to bribery uh, last week. Um, and the under cross-examination in the hearings as they're designed, that's been over and over again demonstrated that it's not the case. I think what is the case, Dave, is look, there is a disagreement in the permanent uh, State Department hierarchy about the conduct of foreign policy, and there's a debate, and there's always a debate. It's not often out in public. It's often very intense between state, the Pentagon, the White House, the National Security Council staff. I worked in a White House uh, for two years. I know about this debate. And it's there. And it's intense. And people do criticize their bosses about a tactic here, an approach there, something that was not how they would do it. Mm -hmm. So we have that definitely going on. We have Rudy Giuliani representing the president. You know, looking at the underlying causes of what was Mueller investigating to protect his client, the president. I think the Giuliani work over there has muddied the water. So that's what we're looking at. But I've said from the very beginning, if Democrats want to question this president's foreign policy, have a foreign affairs hearing, bring witnesses both from and outside the administration and have at it. But to call it an impeachment inquiry is violating the speaker, Speaker Pelosi's own rules. It's divisive. There's not overwhelming evidence of a, a high crime, Mr. Beaner, bribery or treason, and it's not bipartisan. She's broken her own rules. So then shift this weekend on the talk shows. Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. Well, well we haven't come to that conclusion. Uh, oh, oh, really? Even though you've manipulated the process for that conclusion sure. for 60 days? So, uh I don't know what to tell you. I think the I think American people are not paying attention. I think they 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 believe it's another trip down Alice in Wonderland's rabbit hole, but they're not sure. And uh, but I can tell you from the evidence, from the transcripts, from the telephone call, 
there's not impeachable behavior there. And that, I thought, was proven in the testimony that's been released. Well, I listened to Schiff basically say over the weekend that, we, yeah, we got the ironclad proof. It's, it's a no-brainer. It's easy. And then, he was, and then Trapper asked him, then why aren't you impeaching him? I mean, are you going to impeach him? And he says, well, I got to go back and talk to my constituents, and I've got to talk to my uh, colleagues. Say what? What do you got to talk to your constituents about? We're talking about a constitutional process here. That struck me as very strange and struck me as the leash, uh, the long chain in the yard that's tied around the tree Mm -hmm. reached his limit of what he could say without having permission from Nancy Pelosi (laughs) is the way I took that. Because he's been too much of a partisan a manipulator of the facts, misleading Congress, misleading the American people now for several months, and some would say several years, but let's just stick to this subject. And he's discredited, I think, the intelligence committee process. So I'm disappointed with the process. I'm disappointed with the, the lack of due process for the president to even present a case. And uh, so we'll see what happens next. But I think it's confused. I don't think it's predictable. I'm always honest about that. No, I don't know how it's going to turn out. Do you think do you think they're really going to go through with it? There's a lot of people now that think they're going to censor the president and leave it at that. Do you think that's enough to be able to wipe some of the ache off their face their face? Conceivably. I mean, I don't think they have the open and shut, clear, unambiguous uh, uh, case that they thought they had where they would bring in a substantial bipartisan view or even a modest bipartisan mm-hmm. view. Uh, the cha- the facts during those weeks just never really changed. I've cited the concerns, disagreements on tactics and foreign policy, the, what Rudy Giuliani was doing representing the president. But is that impeachable behavior? And so could they pivot under Speaker Pelosi leadership and ask for a censure or ask for a special committee to investigate more from the foreign policy aspects of it? Those seem logical. But are we on a track for logic when they have spent so many months on this project? Does it? I'll, I'll be honest. If I were in your position, this would have really ticked me off. And this is going back to to shifty shift again. When he made the statement that the only reason the Republicans don't get behind this at all is because they love their party more than they love their country. No, we Republicans love their country. They love to get at the facts. They love to expose uh, the truth. And I think that's why the president uh, released within 24 hours a transcript of a conference call that several people were on uh, that described exactly what his concerns were about Ukraine, corruption, which he's obligated by law to study and explain and certify that our our aid, civic, and military can be used properly. He had a brand-new president on that 25th call that he was talking about corruption, including Burisma, which was a named company in the corruption scandals of the last few years. His concerns, these are Donald Trump's concerns about the 2016 election. He is able to voice that. And don't forget, he was having that call with the president one day after Bob Mueller's testimony on Capitol Hill. So the whole results of the Mueller investigation of 2016 were fresh on his mind as he made that phone call. 
Well, here's my whole thing. Since President Trump has been in office, the economy has healed itself considerably. The, the Wall Street is back roaring again. The Chinese do seem to be making some concessions to us. We've got the uh, the deal set up ready to go with France. We got a deal set up to go with Japan. We got a deal, a trade deal, ready for uh, Mexico and Canada if the Democrats will get off their hands and take a vote on it. Exactly. USMCA, we've talked about here, is so important to 100,000 Arkansans. Great for our country. It's been in a series of flip-flops now for 30 days. It's going to be voted on in November, says Mrs. Pelosi, on September 25th. Then she says, well, maybe it doesn't need to be voted on till next year. We don't have enough time. I don't know. Then today, in the news cycle today, it says that uh, the House is ready to vote on it and that uh, the Mexican ambassador and the Canadian ambassador have been doing their work. Uh, so she's under pressure uh, there. But we need that. And the president has led the way on improving NAFTA. We've talked about it. Improving trade with Japan. Improving trade with Korea. Getting the trade teed up with improvements in Europe, which we don't have yet, but we're talking behind yeah. the scenes on. And most importantly, for the whole rest of the trading system, breaking down the barriers in China, which we've only tried to do for 30 years unsuccessfully. Uh, we're on the cusp, maybe, of making progress there. That would be huge. This will really help sustain uh, the economic growth. It is unusual that we've gone 11 years now uh, without a downturn. But at zero interest rates, I've maintained concern about a bubble. I've maintained concern about are we going to get off track. But each time we see earnings of our companies in America gaining uh, and holding employment, employment's down for all groups. Unemployment has really been the best in 50 years now. Capital investment is higher. R&D investment is up. People have brought money home from abroad because of the president's tax reform in uh, 2017. So this is these are good times, and we want to keep that progress growing uh, going. And uh, as a former community banker and business guy here in Arkansas, one of my biggest complaints that led me to go run for Congress in 2014 was what I talked about ad infinitum, the wet blanket of federal regulatory yeah. burden, and it's been lifted. And I have to credit congressional support, sure, but it takes executive planning and executive execution to relieve that regulatory burden, and President Trump's administration has done that. I just, you know... Sometimes I wish he would say some of the things that he wants to say a little bit differently. Yep. But guess what? What he's doing is working. I went up. I was at BJ's this morning for breakfast out at Prothrow Junction. That's one of the places uh, I love. I, I love it. Uh, we, we're doing. A, we're giving him a shout out. Man walked up to me and he goes, "Hey, I want you to keep up the good work, but can you can you control our president?" I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, he, he, "Stop tweeting." <laughs> because people like the work that's being done yep. and they like the theme on economic policy a lot of people like the foreign policy they like the regulatory policy they love rebuilding America's military they love having America in a negotiating position that's from strength uh, but gosh could we tweet less that's a common thing I hear out in the second congressional I under, I and understand. then I hear people who tell me they love the tweets and I'm not saying the tweets aren't uh, occasionally super funny 
But I think a lot of people say, gosh, let's keep the policy going. With, let's have a few less tweets. And that's, that's not unusual at BJ's, what I heard this morning. All right. We'll take a break. Yeah, I'll ask him what he had for breakfast. I have two eggs, the bacon, the extra thick bacon they have there, the sausage. Usually a, a biscuit with gravy and then uh, as much coffee as I can down down during that time. That's just a great place. I eat lunch there at least two or three times a week. It's a great place to eat. It was we'll good. be back with the congressman just here in a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's get a break in real quick. That's coming up right now. Let's do by the numbers here real quickly. When you talk overall, the Trump aid to the Ukraine has been larger and more lethal. Lethal being that money being given to the Ukrainians, telling them they can use it to buy weapons that they can target the Russians with if necessary. The Trump total is uh, a little over a billion dollars. The Trump average is $347.33 million. Obama's total was $545 million. None of that was for lethal aid. No. And uh, Obama's average was $181.67 million. So I'd ask all the listeners, when we give that much money to a country for either civic or military purposes, shouldn't we make sure it's spent right? Shouldn't we make sure that it's accounted for? Shouldn't we make sure that it's not subject to corruption? And in 2014, during the Obama administration, we passed a law in Congress right before I joined Congress that ordered the executive to assure that money going to Ukraine was accounted for and not subject to the rampant corruption of a government there that really isn't a government. It's a coalition, really, of warlords. This Mr. Zerensky, who's just been elected, is the first anti-corruption candidate, and that's why the president was making the call in the first place, point one. Point two, President Obama used gave them blankets And MREs Mm -hmm. and non-lethal aid, President Trump gave them Javelin missiles, which are anti-tank defensive weapons, to send the message to Russia, don't bring military into East uh, Ukraine. Right. So we had more money, more lethal money, more effective money, and we were talking about corruption. And the president raised another point, which we talked about off-air. What else is Europe doing? What is Angela Merkel? He named uh, the chancellor specifically from Germany. What are they doing financially to support Ukraine, getting their stability back, getting their independence back from this Russian incursion? Uh, You know how he made NATO feel the last time he started talking about that. I loved it. I loved every moment of that. So tell us about being named task force chairman of the Suburban Caucus. Yeah. So we've got members all over the country that uh, as we go into a new election year in 2020, we want to make sure that voters across the suburbs in the country know what the Republican Party stands for, know what we've accomplished in Congress and what we want to do if we win the House back. And this is talking about Everything from infrastructure, if you live in a a city, that's an important issue for suburban voters. But for me, the topic I'm focused on is financial literacy, improving access to uh, workforce training, student training, savings plans, uh, the ability to have families have the financial resources necessary to change jobs mid-career. Those things are important to me. Uh, Some of my other colleagues are working on affordable health care, how to reform the health care system. Others are working on child care and topics like that, particularly ones that are important to the administration, too. All right. Last question. You went out duck hunting today. How many did you shoot? Uh, I brought home one greenhead today. Okay. My 
comrade that I was hunting with this morning, my <laughs> colleague, was uh, was uh, smoking and talking more than he was focusing on shooting. So okay. I didn't have much help this morning. But you're eating a duck tonight, is I am, right? I am. He's going to rest in the refrigerator overnight, marinating, and tomorrow he's going to be grilled and be uh, hors d'oeuvres for tomorrow afternoon's Very feast. good. Absolutely. All right. You have a great Thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Day. Thank you very God much, Congress, things. for coming in. And for your son, who is sitting here quietly, Absolutely. and everybody that's on Facebook is looking, who's that young guy in there? Yes, it's good to have Payne Hill home from uh, college. Good to have him Where home. Where are you going to school at? Uh, Swanee University of the South. Okay. So it's a small liberal arts school in Tennessee. So Over in Tennessee. All right. Well, you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Got to take a break. Here's the news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.